Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I almost missed it. I was <laughs> chit-chatting with the crew here. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer, and I didn't even hear my own introduction. My apologies. Uh, great day for all of us here in the studio. Uh, I hope it's a great day for you folks, too. We really, truly love this. Uh, getting together once a week for two hours, Saturday mornings, and talking about helping you avoid being ripped off by your car dealer when you're buying or leasing a car. Also, when you're maintaining or repairing a car. And uh, I'm hearing a little background noise there. I'm not really sure what it is. Can you hear it? I think I hear the air conditioning. That, that's about all you see, the AC going. Yeah. Anyway, I hope, hope I'm coming through loud and clear. Um, the show is unique on the air, on the radio, and for that matter, TV, I guess digitally also, uh, it's a little unusual to have candid, actual, in some cases almost real-life uh, disclosures of an industry that has been corrupt for many, many years. The auto retail industry has been corrupt for many, many years. And um, by many, many, I'm talking, gosh, since the early part of the 20th century. Like and, uh, 20 years. And I, I'm hearing uh, music in my earphones. doesn't bother me as long as it's not going out over the air. So somebody might want to take a look and see if uh, everything is okay. I've got a control board here. I'm not sure what it is. But uh, the point is that if you have a friend who has uh, interest in buying or maintaining or leasing a car, then maybe uh, you should tell them to tune in right here on... True Oldies. We uh, do this, as I say, every Saturday for, uh, for two hours. It's a live radio talk show. We love to have you call in. And that's one of the most important things about the show is listening to you, uh, your comments. We have multiple ways to contact us. Back in the day, and we've been doing the show for about 15 years, it was just a call in. And we, did, we didn't even have a text. And we added a text. Um, the call in, by the way, is 877 877- 960-9960. I suggest you write that down because you probably don't have anything to say now, or you may, if you do call us, but you will later on if you listen to us, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772, that's here 772-497-6530. You might want to write this one down too. Text is often preferred. I think we're getting more text now than we are audio calls, and that's area code 772-497-6530. And believe it or not, we're live and in color. We're, I'm looking at a camera right here with my ugly face looking back at me, and we're streaming. 
streaming digitally. I mean, for old guys like me, that's a magical thing. But we are streaming all over the earth. And for that matter, I suppose, into interplanetary space. We're streaming all over the place. Right. Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash Erlong Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Erlong Cars. And we're on Periscope. And we're on Twitter. And we're on YouTube. I mean, we're everywhere. We have calls from all over the globe. We've had calls from far away as Bali. Have we had, uh, what else? I know we've had Canada. Have we, uh, I, I almost want to say Australia, but I can't I say I started to say Australia. Yeah. I think maybe we did. Anyway, uh, worldwide, because people buy cars all over the world, right? And that's why we're here. Uh, the highlight of the show, and I hesitate to say that because a lot of the calls and suggestions you make are sometimes the highlight of the show, but we do a mystery shopping report. Uh, very exciting. Daring. I mean, I'll pat myself on the back. I'm daring. Um, I believe strongly that if you're truthful and transparent in your life, you're bulletproof. And I hope that's true because I'm being overly truthful and transparent. Some people say by naming names, instances, places in our mystery shopping report. We send a secret undercover agent uh, pretending to buy or lease a car every week into some South Florida dealership. Uh, they'll go in there under a pretense of an advertisement. Uh, this week we did a Costco auto buying program shop. Sometimes we go in and try to buy a car that we know has a dangerous recall. And we see if they disclose it, agree to sell it. So we have a lot of reasons we go. We visit some dealerships more than once. And we reach out as far as Miami, as far north as... Gosh, we've gone to northern Florida. But we, we uh, typically specialize or focus on South Florida. South Florida auto dealers are kind of like the wild, wild west. Uh, the further south you go, Broward County, Dade County, it really gets dangerous down there. Dade County is like Dodge City. They need Matt Dillon down there, and maybe I am the Matt Dillon, but I, you know, I don't want to get carried away. What we do when we go into the dealership is tell you exactly what happens. We tell you if the dealership is breaking the law, violating the statutes, the Florida statutes, for example, on dealer fee disclosure, uh, patent switch advertising. Uh, we tell it all. We name the name of the salesperson, the name of the sales manager, and above all, the name of the dealership. And if you say a company is breaking the law and the company is not breaking the law, then you are legally toast. Uh, they could come after me personally and... Uh, Hopefully not the radio station. I think they have a disclosure saying that they disassociate the opinions from of Earl, anything I say. So uh, that kind of that kind of tells the story of what we do. And please call eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. That's seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero, and I almost forgot this last week. Anonymousfeedback.com. I'm sorry, your anonymousfeedback.com. Y o u r anonymous a n o n y m o u s feedback. You know how to spell feedback.com. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. What makes this unique is that we don't know where it came from. So if you're a car dealer or a car salesman. Uh, if you are just a car buyer or whatever your status and you'd like to say something that we will read on the air as long as it's, you know, 
no profanity or vulgarity. You know what I'm talking about. But if it's a car thing about buying, maintaining, repairing, uh, whatever it is about a car, and you just don't want anybody to know who you are, that's okay. I mean, we have uh, we have a law. The whistle, a lot of talk about whistleblowers now. There's a whistleblower law because our government feels it's important that if you have something that you want to say about your company, you should be protected. So we're protecting you, what you might want to say about a car dealer. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. This this company that puts this this anonymous feedback. Uh, makes it available. It's called Incognito, and uh, they are uh, hosting anonymous feedbacks for a lot of blue chip companies all over the United States. It is absolutely reliable. Your anonymity, well, I almost fell on that one. Your anonymity is protected um, for sure. We know that. Uh, I'm going to go around the room now. We're in the studio uh, together. And to my left is Nancy Stewart, my co-host and um, partner and co. She's a ladies advocate on the show. So, Nancy, uh, tell us how the ladies can contact us and why that's so important. The ladies can contact us this morning at 877-960-9960. And you will win yourself $50. The first two new lady callers, you find that you will win $50 this morning. And... uh, Mr. Recovering Car Dealer, I have to commend you. Your energy is contagious, Hmm. and it's uh, felt not just in the studio, but our listeners, our callers, and your passion to help so many people in this industry that are being taken advantage of. Ladies and gentlemen, youranonymousfeedback.com. I can't stress it enough. Take advantage of it, youranonymousfeedback.com. We have so much to get to. But first, we are going to talk to Tina, who is a regular caller and filled with a lot of information. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good morning, Tina. Well, let's talk about Tesla again. That smart summons, that smart summon feature, it's a fail. There's been a few YouTube videos that have been posted of people that have tried to smart summon their cars out of a parking lot, and it's almost such a fail it's funny there was a gentleman that was standing in front of a big box store he had his car parked he could have easily walked to it within maybe a minute and he decides to uh, enable the smart summon feature the thing backed up and started up forward again about four times then it finally got into the main area the, the two lanes and it backed up again and then almost left without him. It took him probably about at least five or six minutes to get his car to stop in the correct spot. And if he had not have even used the smart summons feature, he probably could have walked to his car in less than a minute. So, yeah, this thing's not working, and it's already caused a few little tender better accidents. It's just, you know, for a, a smart car, this feature is not very smart. Insert the... Oh, what's the name of that game show? The Price is Right fail. Music <laughs> 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 <a> right here. <laughs> Great example. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I like the sound effects. <laughs> Great information, Tina. <laughs> yeah, I, I think technology is, uh, is moving, in some cases, too fast. I think a lot of people are just trying to come up with something uh, to 
sound good and uh, and get attention and get uh, people to be aware of their product. But you know, to be the first in the, on the block with some of this technology is asking for trouble. Well, you you would think they would test it a little bit first and make sure it works. Sure before you bring it out and get egg all over your face. Sure. Well, you get a lot of press, and then you pray, I guess, when you bring the it out. The operative word, test. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank well, you. Well, the operative thing is that this autonomous car, semi-autonomous car thing is not ready for prime time just yet. No, There's no. There's still a lot that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I think that uh, people are afraid of it, and uh, the there are a lot of industries out there that are going to be really shaken up. Uh, truckers, um, you look at Uber and Lyft and the normal transit companies, uh, everything that moves with a human in it, whether you're talking a train, a truck, or a car, uh, is thinking about, you know, I need, I'm going to have to find a job. I mean, right now there's a shortage of truckers uh, because I think some people are just leaving the trucking business maybe or saying, I don't want to be a trucker because, you know, 10 years from now, uh, there won't be any truckers. It'll be all computers. Uh, the good news is, and you hear this all the time, that the increased technology actually provides more jobs in the long run than the people that lose their jobs. But those that do lose their jobs, try telling it to them. They're they're out, you know, on unemployment, looking for jobs. So it's a scary thing, the whole autonomous car thing. Oh, and speaking of jobs, I'm glad you brought that up. I was reading a few articles this weekend, as I always love to read, about the auto repair industry, that there is a great need for auto repair technicians because uh, the baby boomers are starting to age out a little bit from being auto repair technicians. And even my generation, Generation X, we're starting to kind of get up there a little bit. And people, like I'm in my 50s, and a lot of especially men and some women in their 50s that have been working on cars 20, 25 years, they're ready just to be at the service desk or to take a managerial position. So anybody out there that's looking for a solid career that there is going to be a need for and the pay is getting to be a lot more competitive, consider being an auto technician because you're not going to have a problem finding a job. I remember a few weeks ago I had to get one of my tires repaired, so I went to the local tire place that uh, has the warranty on my tires, and I remember the manager of the shop saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to get to you for three days. All I have is one technician working at my shop. I was mm. flabbergasted. Yeah, it's a, a great opportunity for young people, and, and uh, for you people out there listening, um, I have a living example of a technician that started out uh, I'll say at the dark ages uh, because he really he was he was uh, doing this during the uh, years of the the carburetor and the coil and the and the you know the uh, uh, all the stuff that's not on the car anymore, right? I can still set points, yeah, and I know how to use a dwell meter. <laughs> yeah. So today it's all computers, and we call him an auto computer scientist, and that's not a joke; it's a fact. And the people today that like a career as an auto technician, be prepared. I mean, you really will have to do a whole lot more schooling than Nick, than Nick Rick had to do when he started. Rick got his experience, correct me if I'm wrong, with your father fixing engines and cars and, and working on things, just doing it and learning. Yeah, that was, that was my beginning, playing with lawnmower engines and old cars. and Almost self-taught. And suddenly uh, you find half the time you're, 
you're in front of your computer taking a computer course or going away to school somewhere and staying up on top of the technology. Well, let's, let's not mischaracterize Rick. He was in my AP physics class in 12th grade, so he, he's, he already has a pretty strong science background. So I forget about he that. Was ready, yeah, he was ready for that. Was, yeah. did, was he a smart kid in school? Well, it's, he's very smart, yeah. It's, it's, if someone is a good, skilled mechanic, and if they're honest, especially if they're honest, they can pretty much write their own ticket. So those are rare people, and my hat goes off to them because a good, honest mechanic they're worth their weight in platinum. You better believe that, I'll tell you. And they're hard to find. Yeah, you and if you find school. one, hang on to them and uh, use them because uh, you need them. You need a second opinion. I, I get calls all the time from people on Facebook and Twitter and, and email and text and the rest of it. And they get in trouble with the repair. And they say, I'm looking at a, a $2,000 repair. What do I do? First word out of my mouth, second opinion. Just like surgery. You go to the doctor. He says, I want to operate. What do you do? You get a second opinion. And the same thing is true. So if you can find an honest mechanic, boy, that is what, uh, that's worth, worth its weight in platinum, as you said. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Tina, thanks very much uh, for the call. We really appreciate it. You're an uh, inspiration for the women listeners. And in fact, that you're an inspiration for all the listeners because you're one of the most knowledgeable people I know. You're well-read. You stay on top of it. You're the only caller I know that reads the automotive news. So you cover the whole spectrum. Yeah, and uh, Tina, thank you for opening the show as you do almost every single Saturday. And uh, you encourage uh, the women that are listening to give us a call. And uh, we appreciate you. Uh, y'all are giving me the feels this morning. <laughs> Ladies, I can't do this by myself. The $50 if you call the first time is a thing, and I promise you we don't bite. Please call. Thank you, Dan. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Tina. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Rick, you could write a book. What an amazing journey in your field, what you've seen what's going on today, and what you have to look forward to tomorrow. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I think according to Stu's facial expression, he is covered up with texts. Oh, I have some texts, but I wanted to make a, a, just a quick announcement. Uh, we are right now having some troubles with our software that we use to stream live video to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Periscope and all that. So bear with us. We're working to get it fixed. In the meantime, to stream the show, just the audio, just go to streameearloncars.com, www.streameearloncars.com. You can listen to the show, and we should have it up in a few minutes. Only problem with technology is it breaks a lot. Yeah. And every day of my life, I, I sometimes yearn for the old days when you had the little black phone and the party line yeah. and uh, didn't even have a TV set. But life is so much more Crystal convenient radio. and interesting. Yeah. You know, I read an article. There was a, I think Coca-Cola is doing a promotion. They're paying a woman $100,000 if she can go an entire year without using a, a smartphone, hers or anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So she's got a little flip phone. And she's, uh, I think she's several months into it, and she says it's changed her life for the better. So for the better, yeah. I might think about that. Okay, uh, let's uh, talk to uh, uh, Nancy about the offer. Uh, Tina alluded to it, but we have a special cash offer to lure and incentivize lady callers. We do, and uh, as we do every Saturday, we want to encourage you to give us a call, ladies. First two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. Share some knowledge with us. Give us a call just to say hello. 877-960-9960.
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to well, Stu. Yeah, Stu's got some. You say yeah. got a text over there? I got, well, I got, I got a few, but I, I want to talk about what I do. All right. Nothing this morning because our stream's down. No, I'm just kidding. No, typically, uh, along with Rick, too. And, and by the way, it, none of this happens without Jonathan, who gets us online. And it's not his fault. You know, like you said, you know, we have 18 million different systems that we work with, and one of them's down. So, um, But, yeah, we try to keep the communications open with uh, everybody who's watching on social media. And, um, and also, I am the mystery shop uh, wrangler, so I set up the shops and do all that. Um, but I also like to, I mean, I have some experience in the car business. I've been doing it for 23 years, and so I'm kind of here as a backup sorts of information. I got a few years to go before I got to Earl's level of experience, but um, I can help out here and there. And uh, But um, back to the text, yeah, we have uh, many channels of communication. We have our text line, which is 772 um, and we also have um, youranonymousfeedback.com, and I'm going to start with those. We had some came in over the past week. Um, uh, the first few was just from an uh, anonymous uh, person. Oh, hi, Nancy. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hi, how you doing? Uh, excuse me, Stu, but we're going to go to Susie Fisher, who's been holding. Good morning, Susie. Susie Fisher, are you there? Wake up, little Susie. Well, Susie, give us a call back. Uh, a seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. I believe you are our first <laughs> new one. lady caller. Now back to Stu. Uh, that was Phil Everly uh, over there yeah. singing. Yeah. Anyway, we were um, fishing for Susie, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a website uh, out there. It's called www.aintgonnahappen.com, and uh, we don't use it enough. I think we need to pay more attention yeah. to it. Absolutely. And it's it is a clearinghouse for ads um, for car dealerships that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Right. And so. I, I, the, the, the phrase struck me so funny. Uh, one, one of our uh, employees of the dealership uh, used the phrase and it cracked me up. Right. And it stuck in my head, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And every time Nancy said something outrageous, I'd say, "Ain't gonna happen." Dot com. Uh, we've uh -huh. used that a lot lately. Yeah. Excuse me, guys. We got Susie back. We have Joni, who's uh -oh. giving us a call, I believe, from Minnesota. Good morning, Joni. Well, it looks like we got two systems down, two systems down yeah, this Joni, I, if you can hear us, I apologize. Uh, uh, just when we thought we were clear sailing on our phone system, we, uh, uh, we're having a problem now. Yeah, we are. And Joni, uh, if you can hear me, uh, I think that we have two new lady callers. So I extend an invitation to both of you to continue to try to reach us at 877-960-9960. Yes, and, and if you're talking to uh, Nick in the control room and you can't, he can't transfer you to us, give them, give Nick your contact information. We will send you a check for $50. This is not a BS saying this is not, uh, you know, no conditions. This is simply we're trying to encourage more lady callers. And I feel very frustrated when we encourage you and you do call, and then you can't talk to us, but that's our technological problem. We've got the manager of the station here today, as a matter of fact, and it worked well last week, and we thought we had some smooth sailing. But apparently there's a glitch somewhere. Um, please give your contact information to Nick in the control room. And you might try again in a little while, and we have the text number. The text numbers are working pretty well, 772-497-6530. That's 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. As I said, Susie and what was Jenny. It? Uh, Jenny. 
Joni. Joni. Yes. Susie and Joni, please, please try, try again. again. And uh, we'll talk. We'll we'll listen to a text yeah. from Stu. Yeah, so we have a few anonymous feedbacks that came in um, oh, with examples of ad, car dealer ads that need to go on aintgonnahappen.com. And just a, just a, a few examples, uh, a new 2019 Chevy Cruze uh, with an MSRP of 23390 uh, offered f- for sale for 15826 <laughs> They said aintgonnahappen.com. That's at Miami Lakes Auto Mall. Uh, we have University Mitsubishi in Davie, Florida. Uh, it is a black Allender Sport with a sticker twenty three three ninety sale price fifteen thousand dollars ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> I'm glad people are listening, and uh, we'll get those ads up on uh, ain't gonna happen dot com. Yeah, we can build a whole uh, library. Yeah. Be a lot of fun, and then we can talk to the dealers that are on there. Yeah. Congratulate the ones that are not on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, guys, we have Minnesota on the line. All right. And uh, I want to extend a thank you to Susie for calling, and uh, Joanne. Can you hear us? Yes. Oh, great. Welcome to the show. Hey. You've already given uh, your contact I, information? Uh, yes, I did. All right. Thank, thank you. Much. What can we do for you? Okay. I really enjoyed listening to both of you on the radio. Thank you. Uh, my thank question to you, Earl, is I'm planning on buying a new car. And... Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a good idea to have it rust-proof? Uh, you live in Minnesota, and uh, yes. I, you know, I'm not as familiar uh, with driving in salt conditions. I lived in New York, Troy, New York, for a while, and in Lafayette, Indiana, and I had a little bit of experience uh, the salt on the roads and so on and so forth. Uh, my my feeling is no, that you don't need to have it rust-proof. Uh, we talked about this last week or maybe the week before. Rick had a really good point that it's a good idea to keep your vehicle washed. Wash the under, undercarriage just like you'd wash the top of your car. But the car manufacturers today have made miraculous gains in, in protecting your car against environment, especially salt conditions and rust. And we see very – in Florida, we're a – we have salt in the air, not on the road so much as Minnesota, but there's salt in the air. And we see a lot of rust here for cars that sit and are not washed and protected. But I would say don't spend the money on rust proofing at a car dealership. Just wash your car more frequently. What would you say, once a week? Yeah, I, I would definitely do once a week. And it, it seems that the northern states have car washes that are a lot of them are specially designed to do an underbody and wheel well wash down to get that salt out of there. We don't have those here, and it's kind of a bad thing because a lot of folks that live near the intercoastal or near the ocean, would that would be a great advantage for them to help keep their cars up. Yeah, save, save your money and, and spend it on the car wash, and that way you get a nice shiny car too, and you protect it, and you don't pay the dealer. I don't think the, the rust-proofing, the undercoating dealers do. I think that's superfluous with today's modern cars. Yeah, and uh, Joanne, I think that it would be, you know, beneficial, as the guys just said, in uh, keeping your car uh, clean. You've got as many elements to deal with in Minnesota as we have here in Florida, and uh, that's the culprit for the deterioration of your vehicle, whether it be the undercarriage or so many other things. Rick? Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. You're quite welcome. Call again, uh, Joanna. We love we love out of state calls and we love female callers. We have double reason 
for you to call back next week or the week after. And Joanne, thank you for your persistence. I certainly will, and I enjoy listening to you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Spread thank the you. word. Hey, seven seven nine six zero. Bye bye. Ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Well, we're going to go back to Stu, who is sharing some information with us. Yeah, uh, back to the anonymous feedback. Um, here's a good one. It says, "Hello, Earl and family, Earl and Earl family. I have a question about daytime running lights. How come I see some cars with lights below the headlights that are yellow?" And then I see lights below the headlights that are white. Some are called daytime running lights. Sometimes they're called auxiliary lights. And back in the day, I thought they used to call those lights fog lights. And then I see some cars that have yellow lights right next to the white lights of the headlight. With no lights at all below the headlights, what are the purposes of these lights, these extra lights, and why are they different colors? Rick? Uh, To bring it down very simple, (laughs) yellow lights in the fog, which... We sometimes do see fog here in Florida, but the white lights will reflect back quite a bit. That's why you don't want to use your high beams in the fog. So yellow lights are best for the fog. The clear lights, the white lights, are best for normal driving and any time at night. And for daytime running lights, any ma- all the manufacturers put their own little spin on it, whichever lights they want to have on. The whole idea of it is simply to have some sort of illuminated lights on the front of your car lit up to make it easier to see your car from a distance during the daytime. And you got to admit, when you see a car with lights on any color, it's you can see that car from a greater distance than a car that has no lights whatsoever. Yeah, especially if it's hazy or rainy or something like that. You see a lot of these kids out there that do it just because they look cool and they have neon. I, I think... Uh, it's distracting to me. I think, you know, just stick with well, it. The decorative ones are definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Now, one thing to remember, folks, especially here in Florida, ha- when it's raining, hazard lights off, do not use your, your four-way flashers, and your regular headlights on. Mm-hmm. And also remember, daytime running lights on most cars do not turn on your tail lights in the back. So make sure when it gets dark that you turn on your regular headlights. Great information, Rick. We're going to go to Susie, who is calling us from Hope Sound. Good morning, Susie. Susie's back. Good morning. Good morning. Is this the same Susie that called earlier? Yes, yes. Oh, thank you for calling back. Earl's going to sing for you now. He's just well, kidding. Nearby. <laughs> yeah. She's waiting. <laughs> What's up, Susie? That's all right. Um, the only question I really have is, why do our lights get that, they turn foggy, the plastic covers? They fog up, and you have to um, get a product to clean them off every now and then. What can you do to avoid that? Well, Rick, I can answer that. There's a kit you can buy, do it yourself, or you can take it uh, to the mechanic or service department of your choice it'll give you a price range on what it should cost you but there is a fix for that can you prevent it well there, there's uh what happens is it, it's the uv radiation from the sun the ultraviolet sunlight the plastic polymers that they're using now on those lights instead of using glass it it degrades because of the sunlight uh there's two ways that i've heard of for helping prevent that one is a company that makes these clear laminate that goes on almost like window tint on your window, but it's totally clear that helps to reduce that, that fog 
degradation of that plastic. And the other one, Meguiar's makes a product that I've actually used on my wife's uh, new car. I'm kind of watching it to see how it works, you know, how, how good it's going to do over next six, eight months to a year. And it's basically like a wax that you put on those headlights that is supposed to reduce that ultraviolet degradation. So when we come back in about uh, two years from now, I'll, I'll let you know how they're doing. What's that cost? Uh, uh, I found it on Amazon for like $9. And you do it yourself? Yeah, and it took like 10 minutes to apply. What do you think, Joanne? Oh. I mean, Susie. 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 Yeah. <laughs> See how quick you forget. All men are alike. (laughs) You sound like Nancy. Okay. (laughs) Rick and Lowe always come up with so much information, Susie. Yes, I do enjoy listening to the show. I listen every Saturday because I have a Saturday job I drive to and live in Hope Sound. It's kind of way far away from everything. So I do listen to your show every Saturday morning. Well, thank you. Please spread the word. We love to have female callers, and it's nice to have uh, folks from close up. You say you're in Hope Sound? Yes. Uh, right call- down the street from where you are. Is that right? Wonderful. Yeah, don't y'all live on a, on a stupid Rinlet colony? That's right. Juvenile colony. Great. That's right. That's great. Well, Susie, thanks so much for yeah. calling. Spread the word. And we'll talk with okay. you soon. Okay, thank you. You're quite welcome. All right. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Mark, who's holding in Lake Worth. Hey, Mark. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I got a question for Rick. I uh, had a new... Uh, uh, AC compressor, thermostat, and water pump put in the end of July, and it at Toyota, and it cost me a pretty penny. But my car's uh, a 2010, and I got about 78,000 miles on it, and I've never had to really put in any money, and you can't live without an air conditioner in a car, let alone have a fat chance to sell it sure. down here in Florida. So, but the interesting thing is, in the last couple of days, when I shut the car off, I get this high-pitch whistle sound that stays for like 10 to 15 seconds. Hmm. you have any idea what it could be, or is it related to this work that was done? Hmm. Now, that's a new one on me. I, I've never heard a car that whistles when you shut them off. Is it like a screech, or is it a... Um, what frequency? Uh, high pitch frequency? It's yeah. It's a whistle, like like you know, you'd blow into a uh, a kid's whistle. Or, uh, uh-huh. it, yeah, it's. Uh-huh. Uh, it, well, I can tell you, it's a whistle sound. Yeah. I, I heard it once, just for a few seconds when I was stopped at a light too. But last night I went out, picked something up. I came home, put the car in the garage, shut it off. And there's this whistle sound, and then it goes away. Is and this I'm, I'm is just, this all since you had the work done on your vehicle? Yeah. Hey, Mark, yeah. What, what model car is this, please? Oh, yeah, it's a Corolla, LE Corolla 2010 mm. with 78,000 miles on it. Okay, because those don't have any sort of air pumps or anything for the emissions. Um, 
And it, it's not a beep or anything. It's it's like an air whistling sound. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, Mark, you no just, you just touched on one of the uh, most interesting, challenging problems we have repairing cars, and uh, my suggestion to you is to take it to a, a service department, Toyota otherwise, with a mechanic that you yeah. trust and know, and have him ride in the car with you. Sometimes these things are so intermittent, they're not going to occur when you want it to occur, and you might have to I leave. Know. Yeah, you, that's you might want to leave the bad. car and have somebody listen to it. You might want to try to catch it on a recording. That would be if you could if you could record the sound and play it to a good technician. It would mean I I guarantee if Rick heard it or a good technician like Rick heard it, uh, they would probably be able to make a pretty good educated guess. But um, it's it's unusual that Rick would be. Almost sounds like there's air. You know, trying to leak through something, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That that almost sounds to me like it, like maybe a vacuum line has gotten loose, and the emission system is letting the air pressure escape. And that that's something you definitely want to get somebody to get a look at and figure out where that's coming from. Does it only happen when you, you when you turn the engine off? Like I said, uh, I I heard it happen when I was like. Uh, sitting at a light too. Okay, yeah, interesting. And it was very brief then, and then it gone and went away, and I hadn't heard it in days. And then last night, I shut the car off, and I hear it. <laughs> Rick, would so, you would you, you think that maybe if they hooked it up to a, a diagnostic line? tester? Uh, the the first thing we'd have to do is actually hear it and try to figure out where it's yeah. coming from. Cause yeah. That that sounds to me like maybe one of the emission systems, like a, a hose is come loose or maybe it's got a little crack somewhere and it's actually sucking or blowing air through it and causing that whistle sound so that that's what i would be looking for all right emission system hose yeah i'm looking for that yeah and and, and you line also yes you could call rick uh, at, at the dealership and uh and he you could swing in there he'd be glad to listen to it for you and uh you're in Lake Worth, so that's not that far. And uh, let him listen to it. I think once he hears it, he can nail it down, tell you what it is. Uh, all right. Where, where are you again, please? North, North Palm Beach, uh, US 1, Earl Stewart Toyota. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, all Mark. Right. So thanks Rick's for the call. In the week. I'm sorry we couldn't identify this. The first time I've ever seen Nick stumped, but he won't be stumped when he sees the car and hears the, hears the noise. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Have a good one. Thanks for the call, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. 877-960-9960. That's right. And do we have any more texts? Yes, we do. We have a text from Ann Murray, longtime listener, longtime texter. Oh, boy. She just texted us on seven, at 772-497-6530. Ann Marie says, good morning. I have great hopes for autonomous cars. What a great idea. Cars that drive themselves. They'd be a blessing for distracted drivers with squabbling kids, rambunctious dogs, or seniors with declining eyesight. Unfortunately, I'll second Tina's suggestion to watch the online videos of Tesla's smart summon. The videos are both funny and terrifying. It is clear that they are not ready for prime time yet. Auto manufacturers, please keep working on it. The need is great. Thank you. And that's that's so true. I mean, right now it's such a novelty, and it's kind of an, a neat thing. One day, and not in the too distant future, we're going to be bored by it because it's the way cars are going to be. You but, know, the thing that uh, attracts me most to autonomous cars, yeah, I'm, I, maybe it's just my personality, but I 
don't like to waste time. And if you want to see me get cranky, uh, put, put me put a bridge up something. in front of you. <laughs> yeah, put a bridge up in front of me. I would like to be able. Uh, I, 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 I don't have a chauffeur or a Bentley, I suppose. I guess the nice thing about being a billionaire, you know, Jeeves comes up in your Bentley. You get in the back seat. They already have autonomous cars. And, and he's got an autonomous <laughs> car. So think of it this way. You're all become, become billionaires. Right. You'll have your own limo, and all you do is tell Jeeves, who happens to be your car, say, take me to the library, take me to the doctor's office, take me to work. You don't even have to go. Jeeves, yeah. go to the grocery yeah. store and come back with some apples. People are afraid to, uh, to uh, take a job that's too long. Uh, uh, I know people that are looking at driving half an hour to work and back, and they say that's too much. In New York, you know, a lot of people commute an hour, two hours. Uh, the commuting time of the American population uh, to and from work is huge. Think of the productivity increase when you can sit in your vehicle autonomously taking you to work, and you can have your laptop and your smartphone or your or your or a, just a real old-fashioned book, or you can be watching television, or you can be playing uh, a Monopoly. You can at least use your time instead of sitting there like a fool and looking at the road and screaming at people. And anything are, you do in the privacy of your own home, yeah, I mean, you can do on the road now. I, I, I just, I pray that I will live long enough to have my own autonomous car. You will. You'll get one of the first ones. I like Rick's expression. Uh, they're making fun of me, folks, but that's okay. Exactly. Hey, can everyone see our faces? Do we look good this morning or what? We're back up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. I was, just, I was feeling relaxed there for a minute. Now now everybody can see me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Put good your news. hair piece back on, Stu. Ah, okay. That's good news. Um, I, we have a uh, anonymous feedback here, and I think this might have been the, uh, the one. We got it Sunday, last Sunday. This might have been inspired your blog article this week mm-hmm. on Costco. It says, Hi, Earl. Can you go over the Costco ar- car, car buying program again? Uh, do they give you a price that includes all fees and what fees are not included that we should be aware of when getting the Costco price? If the dealer includes an extra fee, what do we do? And that's a great question, and it's very topical because um, Earl's blog article this week um, is um, all about the Costco auto buying program oh, and our mystery it. shop report this week. Yeah, I was looking for it. I was trying yeah, to find it. She's yeah. um, so got a tutorial on that. Uh, it's a tutorial. Yeah, I just uh, made a simple 10 points that if you – cover all those 10 points in the blog you will have a incredibly low price and you will have a relatively pleasant experience buying a car from a costco certified dealer i had a friend the other day that called me up and she was buying a mercedes and i told her have you tried the costco auto buying program no first i said are you a costco member she said yeah i said great Um, and a lot of costco members don't even know about the auto buying program and uh, i told her how to go about it and i warned her to be careful and then uh, I saw her again. I said, did you do it? She said, I put my zip code in, and there wasn't a certified dealer. I should have told her that some uh, manufacturers, like we shopped a Ford dealer to, uh, for this show, and there were seven Ford dealers that shopped, popped up as being Costco-approved certified. She put in Mercedes and none in her zip code. So I said, put in another zip code. You know, go further south and north, east and west, and you'll find a Costco certified dealer. Okay. Well, okay. I just want to let everyone know that Ollie is very happy that we are up and running, and he can see us. 
Well, that's good. Give us a call at 877. I love Ollie. <laughs> Give us a call at, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And or I you can join our live stream and start making comments and questions because we're up. It's really nice. It, yeah, exactly. And don't forget, your anonymous feedback. That's www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Um, on your anonymous feedback, we have a question for Rick. Um, if I lose my fob, my new Toyota, we're talking about their key remote. Let's say, uh, let's say I lose it at work, and I don't want whoever finds it to just keep clicking it until they find my car and steal it. So, can I take my car to a Toyota dealership and buy a new fob and have the car and new fob reprogrammed so the old fob no longer works for my push start Toyota? And second part to my question: How many fobs do you get with a new push start? Uh, uh, push start Toyota. Yes, you can. And uh, it used to be most cars came with two fobs, although I think now they're cutting it to one for some of them. Is fob the word that we're using? I knew there used to be a watch fob, but yeah. I didn't know yep. that they called keys fobs. I think it's commonly they, called, and I don't think it's an industry. I hear customers uh, call fob, it fobs all fob, the time, yeah. too. Yeah, Fob seems to be the, the, the default term that everybody's using, but otherwise mm -hmm. it could be the wireless or the keyless remote. Yeah. Now, Rick was referring to some cars only coming with one. The ones I'm familiar with, at least for Toyota, um, I don't think those are the smart keys push starts. I think that's the actual key. So some keys have like the little door opener remotes and alarm mm -hmm. um, built into the key, and there's actual metal key sticking out there. And uh, some of the newer cars, different manufacturers are offering one of those, mm -hmm. and and then a regular key without the um, without the buttons without on. Without the remote. Yeah. yeah, I think if you have the st the push button start, which is very common cars, I think you're getting two. Most of those still come with two. Yeah, because yeah. there's no actual physical key. I've, I've got a, I've got a great suggestion. You ready? Mm -hmm. I just got this, and I, I don't even think Stu has one of these. I'm a I'm a tech nut, and I bought one of these tile? new a tile. Yeah, and yeah. you take a tile. It's a device that is amazing. This is like a second or third generation tile. And it's a little thing I've got on my keys. And uh, you can put it on your fob, your remote. You can, and the nice thing about it is wherever uh, my keys are, I can find it with my app on my, on my phone. Anywhere in the world. Until the battery dies. Uh, no, well, until the battery dies, but this has a replaceable battery. Okay. And, and it warns you on your iPhone, your battery's getting low when you replace oh, the battery. The old tiles, you're right, did not have replaceable oh. batteries. Now, Apple's the, coming out with one of those things, too. And the other thing is, if you lose your iPhone, all you do is you push this little button on the tile twice, and your iPhone, uh, oh, even cool. if you turned it off, will ring. That's that's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, your, yeah. your watch does that too. Absolutely. You know? So no, no matter. And then I, you can also, if you leave your key somewhere, for example, I have a program. So if I leave my key home, it will alert me on my iPhone. You forgot your keys, or if I leave my key at work, it says you left your keys in the office. I turn around and go get my key. Anyway, uh, fobs now are very expensive. Some of them in the luxury cars are up in like six, seven hundred dollars, and even in the regular cars are like two or three hundred dollars. Uh, get yourself a tile, yeah. and you'll never lose your fob. See, that's that's part of the, your, your, the love part of your love hate relationship with technology. It is. It is you right. curse technology, but then yeah. they just it just come back, comes back and saves your life. Little totally. yin and yang. Exactly. Yeah, technology city here, folks. 
Give us a call toll-free. Be part of the show at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I see that the guys have texts yeah. and also some, uh, well, response on YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can do it. We can do either. Okay, right uh, well, the first one I've got here is from Mark Ryan in Iowa. Oh. Not to be confused with Mark Smith in Iowa, who yeah. both are on YouTube right now. Uh, welcome to both of you. Uh, Mark's asking about the new GF6A motor oil standard that has come out. Um, basically, this is a new service industry uh, standard. It's a backwards compatible motor oil that will handle all the viscosities except for the newest 0W16 motor oil. And my thoughts basically, it's just the continuing evolution of making oil better and more processed and more refined. So first off, it helps improve fuel economy a little bit, reduce emissions, and of course, unfortunately, so the oil companies can charge us more. Now, what is that standard again? Repeat that. It's it's the new GF6A. Okay. And this is a, a like new George, oil. George Frank. Yes. And it's it's supposedly the the main motivating factor behind it is it's for the uh, uh, direct injection diesel engines that are oh. in a lot of cars. Oh. And it's supposed to help improve fuel economy and reduce emissions while at the same time being better all around. So we'll have to wait and see how well it performs. But there is also a a GF6B, which is for the newest cars using 0W16 motor oil, which is an incredibly thin, thin, low viscosity oil Mm -hmm. used in the newest cars coming out. You know, I'll just interject here briefly. I read an interesting article, actually it was an advertisement from Mobile Oil, and they were targeting fleet customers, rental car companies and trucking companies. And it's very interesting uh, that you, they are able to stretch the uh, time between oil changes out in trucking and leasing and rental companies, I guess, uh, by testing the oil in the fleet and by detecting the need to change the oil based on the chemistry of the oil itself. So instead of going by the factory recommendations and a heads up warning to anybody that wants to try this don't do this at home because if you exceed if you don't obey the manufacturer's recommendations you can void your warranty but if you're a multi-million dollar fleet hertz or you know big trucking company uh then you can do this and you can afford to do it if you miss a little warranty it's not going to hurt you but you might, instead of having to change your oil every 10,000 miles, you might change it every 15. Imagine what that would do to a, a fleet with thousands of vehicles on the road. It would save time, it would save cost, and so on and so forth. Not to mention it's better for our environment because yeah. you're not using as much oil and it doesn't have to be recycled yeah. or disposed of later. And I predict so- this may happen too, that we will have an inside internal check on the chemistry of the oil. And instead of saying blindly, change your oil every 10,000 miles or six months, whichever first occurs, which is one size fits all, everybody's driving habits are different. Environment is different. Temperature is a whole nine yards. So your car and your neat neat driving, 
uh, it will tell you you might choose to change your oil in 7,000 miles or you might should change your oil in 17,000 miles and the chemistry check internally in the car would do that I'm going to patent that. So, yeah, so, but by then, we're going to have electric cars that don't need oil changes. So, right. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, we're saving the environment. We're improving fuel economy. And uh, from what I understood that you said, it enhances uh, the uh, engine capabilities. Yep. So it's uh, a really a win-win situation. Not to mention, if your engine doesn't work as hard, it's going to last longer. Yeah. Okay, Great. we got some more text. Great information. We do. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, this one's for Stu, probably. Uh, uh -oh. Wayne is asking, when do the 2020 CHRs come out? I don't know. I think uh, you're probably looking at probably December or possibly early next year. Yeah. CHR is like a little uh, Toyota kind of crossover. Uh, really cool looking, but it's not selling uh, very quickly. Um, I can't predict this. I but my Well, I can't. I'm predicting this, but... They'll probably discontinue them, I think. That's that's my guess. Mm -hmm. um, but they're a cool little car, and I'm not trying to sell them or anything like that. But usually um, we'll see these those new models coming out probably uh, around around winter time. Well, Wayne, that's uh, interesting. That uh, Be careful if you're thinking, if you love the CHR, go ahead and buy it. Yeah. But be, bear in mind, if they discontinue it, it hurts the resale no, value. I'm not a uh, professional industry well, analyst. Opinion. I, I, <laughs> I, agree with, I happen to agree yeah. with you. Yeah. If they're selling, you know, if dealers are yeah. selling a handful a month, that's, that's, not, yeah. a, that's not a good sign. Uh, yeah. Okay. And the, the last one I've got is from JR. He's asking, what about buying a car from a rental company? I think depending on the rental company, it's a good idea. Uh, the rental companies, uh, Enterprise is a good example. Hertz is another. Uh, they have fair pricing. They have one price. It's not a haggle-hassle thing. They maintain their cars well. Used to be rental car was a red flag. You, know, you bought a car. Oh, this was a rental car. They never took care of it. Hertz, Enterprise, any any good rental company takes really good care of their cars, and uh, they have fair pricing. I think a rental company is a really good place to buy a car. As a matter of fact, just got one more quick one in. Ernesto's asking, I've heard that if you over-service your car, you void your warranty. Is that true? And is there such a thing as over-servicing your car? I don't think it's true. And I think you can over-service your car, meaning sure. you can waste money. You could change oil every day, and uh, <laughs> and that would uh, not be the right thing to do. It wouldn't hurt the car. It would just take a lot of time and money. It, it puts some extra wear and tear on your oil uh, pan cap and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You could, you could, you're exposing your car to more risk. More things can go wrong. Yeah. No, I that. think, <laughs> yeah, let's put it this way. Rule of thumb, you should service your car Twice a year. more frequently rather than less frequently but but don't go crazy yeah and at the minimum follow the manufacturer's recommended maintenance schedule that way you don't void the warranty but exactly doing oil changes and, and services too often cannot void your warranty no yeah and also rick uh the manufacturers recommend and not the dealers if you're servicing at a dealer mm -hmm. and if they tell you you need to do it it's part of the, the warrant maintenance schedule ask if, is that the yeah. factory recommended maintenance schedule or is that the dealership's recommended very important schedule? and if they say it is a manufacturer's verify uh, if you if you can't yeah if you don't have your owner's manual handy and a lot of us don't or if we have it we can't find it uh you know, words or how does ask that service advisor show me in the maintenance me. manual, and if he hamahamas, uh, then you know there's something going oh, on. Uh, or Google it. They're right online. Yeah. They're online. So you could go to Honda.com, uh, Honda Accord, uh, maintenance, 
yep. 2019, and it would be there. You would find the exact same book as a PDF file mm-hmm. that you could download. You could look at it online at any I time. I didn't know that. Same thing with your owner's manual. So cool. They're all out there. Wow, that's great. God, technology. I, it's going too fast. You keep forgetting about the Google thing. An amazing <laughs> show today, ladies and gentlemen. Be part of the show at 877-960-9960. Or, again, you can text us at 772-497-6530. If... Uh, Stu, Stu, Sue, Sue, Sue. You can call me Stu. <laughs> if Stu has any more texts, I'll let you get to that, and then I have a text to share with the folks. Yeah, I'll jump on one and uh, flip over to you. Uh, good afternoon. Love the radio show. I'm in Central Time, so I miss your shows, but I listen on YouTube. Great thing that you're all doing. Just wanted to say you push ASE mechanics uh, basically saying they're the only people to bring your car to, which is false. There's plenty of good techs like myself with over 20 years experience that are more knowledgeable than any ASE tech. All ASE means is that they passed a written test. I know many ASE techs who are not good mechanics but somehow passed the test. Anyways, just wanted to state that just because someone is not ASE doesn't mean they're not good. Now, factory trainer certified um, is different, and they're taught tips and tricks about uh, new car manufacturers specific to the cars, which is very good. Anyways, love the show. Keep up the good work. I know Rick, his wheels are turning there, too. I, I agree with that to some extent. Uh, book learning is one thing. Experience is another thing. Yeah. Uh, intelligence is another thing. And none, not one of those by itself is going to make a good technician. Yeah. But you have to have someone who's smart. Uh, he has experience. But I really think the ASC certifications are good because especially for an experienced certified, uh, experienced uh, technician like Rick, uh, he knows what to listen to and read and absorb, and 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 without the ASE studying, I don't think he would be as good a technician as you. I right. also think it's a it's a, a standard. Like I, you're absolutely right, and, and the um, the commenter is also absolutely right. It, it's not the defining thing that, that tells no. you that, but it gives you you know uh, if you, if you don't know anybody, if you don't know who is a reputable uh, mechanic, it gives you a starting point to look for. You know, in our dealership. We pay technicians based on the number of their ASC certifications. So if people have, if they get, if they get, isn't that right, Rick? Uh, yeah. You know, so you know, uh, Rick is looking a little skeptical about that, and it, it may not be the best way, but uh, it encourages people. You take a person, and and they don't have any ASC certifications, and he comes in and say, "I've been a technician for ten years. Hire me," and you hire him, but. You still don't know exactly what he does know. You know what he says he knows. And to pass the test, they're not easy to pass. I mean, uh, you have to study. You can't just take the test and pass it. You have to study to pass it. And so that means you learn something. Yeah, something. I I do a pretty good job running a business. I don't have an MBA, so. (laughs) True. Good point. You do, though. True. (laughs) Sorry, I'm better than you are. (laughs) Of course. Well, j- just to throw my two cents worth in here, and this is the new thing coming from Toyota. In order to have a technician that can do service campaigns, the uh, the new all the recalls, the safety campaigns on your car, that technician has to be certified in the area for whichever that recall is calling for. Sure. And ASC certification is only the first step in that certification. No. If or, they are or, or not, hi- or hybrid certifications, you right. have to be certified to be a hybrid. But if they're not ASC certified in certain areas, 
they cannot do the recalls on those cars. Mm -hmm. And the next step that Toyota's coming out with, and I guarantee every manufacturer is going to follow this, is they're not going to be certified to do warranty work. So if a technician does not have ASC certifications and wants to work at a dealership, you're not going to be able to do recalls or warranty work, mm. which is about 60 to 70% of the work that a dealership does. And that tells you how important Toyota considers ASC certifications. So. And not, not just Toyota. All the manufacturers, all the manufacturers are going yeah. to follow that. Yeah, exactly. What one does, all do. Yeah. yeah. But and to, Toyota's probably yeah. not the first. Yeah, but to the competitor's point, it's it's hard to find one, but you're, he's, he's absolutely right. I'm sure there's some incredibly talented um, technicians out oh, there. Sure. Yeah. All right, so the next one um, says, my mother is leasing a 2019 RAV4. She's 20,000 miles on the car and two years into the lease. The front two tires are wearing uneven, and the dealer wants $1,000 um, for tires. I, uh, for two tires, I refuse to pay for tire treads. They're good, and they're just wearing uneven on the sides. Under the company's warranty, there's uh, tires, oh, I guess the uh, tire warranty is for 30, 40, 50, 60,000 miles. But the tire company won't cover them. They're saying the tires were not rotated, but they were. The dealer does them every oil change. The dealership is telling me there's nothing they can do. I'm not happy. Um, I'm, I want to be. Call, I want to call Toyota. To, uh, they should cover this. Any thoughts? I would pursue that. I yeah. think that, uh, and Rick can correct me if I'm wrong here. If these car, if these tires have been rotated according to the manufacturer's recommendation, and they still have severe inside wear someone didn't check their alignment or somebody didn't do their job checking the car. Uh, she's out, has how many miles on it? Uh, 20,000. 20,000, Rick? 2019 RAVs only just came out the beginning of this year, right, Stu? About January was when we first got them? Uh, it was in, yeah, early spring, yeah, like probably okay. February, March, yeah. Uh, so it, if she's been following the manufacturer's recommended maintenance each time, which Toyota pays for them, so I see no reason for them not to. Mm -hmm. That means the tire pressures would have been checked each time, mm -hmm. and the tires would have been rotated. Mm -hmm. If they're getting edge wear on, bo on both edges, there's so. a problem with those tires because that's an issue with inflation. Well, it would be inflation, but since they would have been checked each time, obviously it's not going to be an inflation issue. That's a problem with the tire. If it's an alignment issue, then she should have the alignment checked. And if the alignment specs show that the car is in specification for alignment, hey, tire company's responsible all day long. Unfortunately, you've got yourself a, a real uh, challenge here. You're going to be caught between the dealer and the manufacturer of the tires, and both of them are going to be claiming they're innocent. But you're not guilty. You just don't know which one is, is, is guilty. Either the, either the dealer did not properly check your alignment or the tire company has got, as Rick said, an issue. I, it's awfully hard to win an argument with a tire company on inside wear on tires. I'm leaning toward the dealer being responsible. And if you did your maintenance according to Toyota's recommended time schedule and mileage schedule, and as Rick said, it's free for the first two years, uh, you, sh you should have done it. And if that's the case, go back and talk to the dealer. Yeah, you'll have all the records, get yep. an alignment check, yeah. and you've got yeah. all the all the ammunition you need, yeah. and the dealership should come down on your side to try to help you. Yeah. yeah, you got your bases covered. All right, we got a joke. Uh-huh. I like jokes. Joke came in on youranonymousfeedback.com. If you own a Tesla and it's stolen, would it then be called an Edison? I don't get it. 
Well, they were. Oh. Well, if you if you recall, back in the late 19th century, uh, there was a battle between DC direct current and AC alternating current, and Edison was the big promoter of DC current, which was much more dangerous. Tesla's idea was the alternating current, which is what we use now, and oh, much man. safer. And Tesla, I think, was accused of stealing some of Edison's ideas. So, very technical, very very, very um, wow. narrow audience on You're that one. Very smart. Did you research that, or did you know it right away? You know, I'm, I'm an educated man. So. Your wow. knowledge yeah. is overwhelming. <laughs> As That's you can see, you I had to take my joke. headphones off because my ears are sweating. <laughs> Sorry about that. That is a nerd joke. That's why I laughed at it. I mean, I, that is a totally nerd joke. I didn't realize you were such a nerd. You Googled that, didn't you? No, Nikolai Tesla. Wow. Thomas Edison. He's going to beat it out of you. Did you know that? All right, let me tell you the truth. Oh, man, two nerds in, in fifth grade. Uh, Mr. Smarty Pants over there in the corner. You got Jonathan. Oh, oh I, I, I love Tesla. In fifth grade. The, the man, the we did original a play. Tesla. We did a musical play in fifth grade about Thomas Edison, mm. and I learned some of that. I'm wow. not going to sing the songs, but I still remember them for oh, some reason. Oh, come on. No way. Okay. In 1877. Uh, oh, oh, oh there you go. <laughs> Nancy's, Nancy's got a text, right? Yeah, I do. And this is from Sylvia, and uh, she's uh, texting us from uh, Pittsburgh. And she's out looking for a used car, and she wants to know how important a, well, a vehicle history report is in her purchase of the pre-owned certified car. Well, Sylvia, at the end of the day, it's extremely important because uh, you can find out things that uh, maybe the dealership hasn't uh, shared with you. And that's everything from, you know, how many accidents it's been in. Uh, it can give you a mileage history. Uh, there, there are a lot of things, and it certainly is worth its weight in gold. So you want to go to a reputable source, and uh, I suggest uh, Carfax.com. To obtain all that history, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, the dealer, should, the dealer should give you that. Uh, if you're buying it from a car dealer, they should pull the Carfax report for you and show it to you. Well, she has. Uh, she's uh, exploring two different avenues, and that is a private owner and it is a dealership. And as I said, she is out shopping. Mm -hmm. So I hope I helped you, Sylvia. Uh, to all of you that are listening, give us a call toll-free. We'd love to hear from you. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up from Pompano Ford, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I just back on Sylvia's question. Uh, the vehicle history report is important, but more important is having a car checked by an independent mechanic. And uh, sometimes um, there, are, there are issues with a car that wouldn't show up on the, on the history report. And a good mechanic uh, for 100 bucks or 150 bucks can pretty well give you an um, ironclad guarantee the car's okay. Great advice. Uh, very good advice. Uh, you know, you, you, there's a lot of people that have driven that car. Uh, so there are a lot of things to look into, and it'll save you definitely save you money down the road okay okay do we have any more text or youtubes yes we do okay let's go to them um hello what is the best way to change a salesperson if you don't get along with the one you're currently working with if you do sell change sales reps during the process which sales rep gets the credit for the sale it's a great question i don't think we've had that before and that's something that we think about a lot yeah it's uh it's a human uh thing it's uh um, car dealers wrestle with this. Salespeople wrestle with this. In, a, in, a, in an ideal world for a car dealer, and I'm a car dealer in full transparency, 
Uh, and I think about this. Stu thinks about it all the time. Because you have a person comes in to buy a car, and you have a car salesperson. Uh, what about the chemistry and the psychologies of those two people? Uh, when you meet a person, you have a first impression. Ideally, as car dealers, we would like to have the perfect match for every person that walked in the door who was interested in buying a car. And you as a customer, when you go in, you'd like to have that match too. But now you get into personalities and humanity and hurt feelings and so on and so forth. So it's really hard. I, I get myself in a lot of trouble as a car dealer if I had some sort of a profiling, stereotyping way to match uh, salespeople with customers. Somebody would get offended and probably somebody would sue me. Uh, they'd say, you can't do that. Uh, but you as a sales, as a customer, you can do anything you want to. And what you should do is try to overcome uh, your shyness about asking for another salesperson. And you should try to do it with a smile and pleasantly. And if you feel uncomfortable with that salesperson, you should politely ask to speak to his manager and whisper to him if you want to, say, uh, George is a fine young man, and I mean nothing negative about this. I would feel more comfortable if I could speak with another salesperson, maybe a woman, if you're a woman, or maybe uh, somebody that, may, maybe you have difficulty with accents. You might have someone that has an accent, uh, speaking English, but he has a Hispanic or a Creole or a French or whatever it may be, and you have a hard time understanding him. You're going to spend forty or $50,000. You want to understand everything that salesperson says. So you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, talk to the sales manager respectfully and explain why you'd like to have a different salesperson. Yeah. And, and to put yeah. your mind at ease also, I mean, this is something that car dealers deal, deal with. I don't know how many take it that seriously, but you know, we do. And we talk about it with our salespeople. It doesn't mean it's a personal insult. And as far as who gets match, credit for the sale, yeah. that would depend on the dealership. Uh, and, and a lot of dealerships, uh, a situation like that, uh, the commission would be split. Uh, in some cases, it wouldn't be. But yeah. uh, the important thing to remember is, the salesman's commission should be the least of your concerns because if you deal with someone that you can't understand or feel comfortable with, uh, you're not going to do the right thing in picking the right car at the right price. Exactly. Yeah, so. remember that uh, you know that salesperson. Uh, it's not your friend, and uh, when you walk into that dealership, you have full control. So gently, let your voice be heard, and express what you need to make that sale and like girls said you know if you're not getting along with that you know or personalities clash sometimes go to the manager and again express yourself and let them know you'd like someone else to take care of you remember they want to make a sale a seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we have anonymous comments from a car dealer. Hmm. Hello, Earl and Company. Oh, I'm a car dealer. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, it's not that exciting. No. That's a good question, but it's not, it's not as provoc provocative well, as you I'm thought. A, we've never had someone come out and say that. I mean, I'm just... Come on, Rick, sound yeah. effects. Not, there's no... Uh, this is not an attack, so oh, okay. you know, there's no fight here. So. Okay. Hello, Earl, Hello, Earl and Company. I'm a car dealer, and I buy cars at many different Mannheim auctions via simul simulcast. Um, so by the way, for the listeners, simulcast is just an online way to buy cars. You see pictures, videos of the cars going through. And let me continue. High tech, that. very cool. Yeah. At our dealership, we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. The whole world has changed with the way cars are bought yeah. wholesale. Yeah, that's right. 
um, as you might know, and we do. I can bid on cars at live dealer auctions just like I was there in person. I can see a detailed condition report of each vehicle, and I can also see what dealership is bidding on each vehicle as it passes through the lane. My question is, and this may be rhetorical, um, is that I see Carvana and Vroom sometimes buying lower quality vehicles than I would ever consider. Um, how do they get away with shipping to a customer uh, a less than acceptable vehicle? Um, is that people only look at price and convenience? Is it that people only look at price and convenience? My customers would never buy a lower quality vehicle such as these. I'm curious as to your opinion on these two firms, Carvana and Vroom. Uh, also along the same lines, if there is a if there is structural damage vehicle going through the auction, you can bet that Offlease only is bidding and buying it. I even see them buying lemon long cars at the Mercedes financial auction. My dealer friends and I have a standing joke that if you are behind a vehicle with an Offlease only license plate frame, you can see the wavy body panels. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a, the public a great service. Thank you very much from a car dealer. Oh. Uh, just real quick before you get into it, Carvana, you've probably seen the, the commercials on TV because they're all over the, yes. all over the place. And it's it's a way to buy a used car, but it's also a way to sell your car. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get established. And they are um, paying a lot of money right now. They're giving good. We, we tested it ourselves. Um, they're buying um, cars from people, and they're paying top dollar for them. Um, this might be a, a way to seed their business. It might not always last like that. And Vroom's another um, online service to buy cars online, used cars. And you can also do a trade-in or sell your car directly to them. And I'll turn it over to you now. Well, uh, the attitude, Mr. Dealer, that you have is typical of the attitude of most uh, dealers, car dealers, because uh, Carvana is a threat uh, to our businesses. Off-lease only is a threat. Vroom is a threat. It's a independent, large, soon-to-be IPO. Uh, could be a giant company like Uber. Uh, and we're all afraid of the way the car business is changing. So car dealers are, are, are afraid of car, of uh, off-lease only, because they buy lesser quality cars. Uh, remember, the lesser quality cars that they buy, they buy for less money. And it's supply and demand, it's the marketplace that sets the online price. The Mannheim auction, online auction, is about as fair a wholesale price. As a matter of fact, the Mannheim online auction defines wholesale price. So when a car with structural damage sells for uh, three or $4,000 less than one without, and, and off-lease only buys that car, yes, that car is not as high quality as the ones you bought and paid $3,000 more for. But what off-lease only does is they pass along the savings to the buyer, and they will make anywhere from $1,000 to $1,200 on that car. You will make as much as you possibly can on the car you bought. So there's a huge difference in price between the off-lease only. Now, true, that car may have a problem that the buyer is unaware of, Buyer beware at off-lease only. You should have the car checked by your mechanic. Now, if it's if it's damage that is not going to affect the safety of the vehicle or the appearance, you mentioned wavy panels. Or drivability. Or drivability, then it's a real bargain. And I cannot not, I can not say, no, don't buy a car from off-lease only. I say, buy a car from off-lease only. You'll get a great price. Take it to a mechanic that you trust and get it checked out carefully. You are, you are buying a car at a substantially reduced price. 
And that's just the truth. Yeah. I hate to say it because I'm in competition uh, with off-lease only, but they are eating my yeah. lunch, frankly, and they are selling far more used cars than I can. And we're trying to emulate them in some in some fact. We're sticking our toe in the water and actually going out and buying cars that are safe but discounted at the auctions uh, because of uh, what they call frame damage. But not, as you remember, frames today are not like they were 20 years ago. They are unibodies. And you can have uh, damage to a vehicle today that they call structural damage that is not going to make the car unsafe. So... Um, but like you said, you got to emphasize it needs to be checked out. It needs to be checked out. I mean, some out. things are not even safety. You might have a car that's just off kilter, and for the rest of your time of ownership, it will never stay in alignment, yeah. and you'll grind through tires left and right. And that might not be a um, pressing safety thing, but it could cost you more money than you saved in the long run. Exactly. And Carvana and the rest of them, same thing. Uh, they're buying these cars, and uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a bargain, I think. For the uh, buyers, if they're careful and have the vehicles checked out, Carvana's losing money hand over fist. Uh, I don't know about Vroom, uh, but I do know that uh, Offlease Only is making money hand over fist. So uh, Carvana might not be around with us unless they have a successful IPO. And when they do, they're liable to raise their prices. They're liable to be, be able not to offer you as much when they buy your car. That's right, but make hay while the sun shines. Exactly. Um, have you heard, this is anonymous feedback, have you all heard of dealers offering Tires for Life programs? And what are your thoughts on it? And then it says Tires for Life is a program where as long as you own your car and you follow their maintenance schedule, they offer you free tires when you, when they, when you need them. So what are your thoughts, Earl? Well, we have the program in our dealership. We're one of the few that do it. Uh, it's a very controversial program. It's a very expensive program. Uh, the uh, requirements at our dealership is that you have all your factory recommended maintenance done uh, with us, uh, with my dealership. And uh, we do it because uh, there's a business reason for doing it. Uh, statistically, when you buy a car from a dealer and you bring that car back to that dealer for service, you're twice as likely to buy your next car from that dealer. So we have a selfish motivation. The motivation is not in having the car service with our dealership because, first of all, your your uh, Toyota, you get two years free service. Some Toyota with Toyota Guard, you get virtually four years free service. And the amount of service and maintenance done on today's cars is nominal. The motivation, the selfish motivation we have is if you're twice as likely to buy a car from me because you're bringing back the service, that makes up for the huge cost that we have of supplying free tires for as long as you're on the car. There you go. Um, we have another one here. It says, good morning. I hear you say change conventional oil every 5,000 miles. I hear others say 3,000 miles. My owner's manual for my 09 Kia Optima says change every 7,000 miles or 12 months. So who's correct? Also, I've had different dealership service and independents tell me not to follow the mileage or time in my owner's manual because the oil would be bad and sludgy. Thank you, and I apologize for the long question. I'll answer it, but uh, Rick will give you the better answer. My answer is simple and short. Always follow the manufacturer's oil change recommendation. Rick? And the only thing that I can add to that is sometimes there are environmental factors that can make you want to change a little more often, but I would simply do it by every once in a while, pull that dipstick, 
if the oil's looking relatively normal, I wouldn't do it any more often than the factory recommends. Sounds good. There you go. And it also sounds like the mechanic who told you that if you did that, it sludgy is just trying to get your business and and doing so in an unethical way. Yes. Um, Here's a good one. Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. I've actually heard about the Teslas crashing in parking lots when the summon feature is used. Here's some details. The crash rate is very, very low. Less than 100 and thousands of uses. One crash was caused by another driver, not the Tesla. This is, by the way, from Elon Musk. Just kidding. Um, not the Tesla. I made phone calls to five insurance companies yesterday asking about whether they or not they insure Tesla owners who have the Tesla with this feature and whether they'd cover an accident using this feature. Three insurance companies will insure Teslas and owners, but one mentioned outright that an accident caused by this feature would be an at-fault accident. Um, one insurance company could not deduce from their underwriter whether such an accident or car with such a feature would be covered. One insurance company denied coverage, not for the car and owner, but for an accident where this feature is used. I didn't know that. That's a really good uh, way to figure out if it is a safe thing because you know the underwriters are studying you know, the actuarial mm-hmm. um, likelihood of, uh, yeah. of accidents. So the fact that insurance companies will cover this is, uh, is uh, pretty neat. And also it just makes sense that they would consider it an at-fault accident if the car did it. Yeah, interesting. Pretty cool. Um, okay. Any more text? Yeah, we do. Okay. A really short one. How about mystery shopping Carvana? Well, we've we've done that. Uh, we, you know, we'll, uh, we'll put together a report for next week and tell yeah. you what happened when we did it. Yeah, they come to your house. We had uh, yeah. actually our used car wholesale yeah. manager um, pretend to buy it. Yeah, we did it for our internal purposes, but we can yeah. definitely share it on the radio next week. Yeah, they're a legitimate outfit, uh, and I, I would have no qualms about people trying to buy a car from them. I can tell you that um, I was speaking with a, a Toyota executive um, who I won't mention the name because typically they want to do their do their business with Toyota dealers, but um, had to sell his car. And he tried Carvana, and you could say he was doing research, but he, um, they showed up at his house. Um, a rep came in with paperwork ready to go. He had given begin a figure online uh, for his Toyota Tacoma. Came in, they gave him a really good price, like we were talking about, more mm-hmm. than he expected to get. Showed up. Didn't even look at the car, had him sign a few things, and towed the car away from him, and he got a check that day. And it was a pretty impressive, seamless, 21st century experience. Yeah. And uh, he, he was a little bit concerned because he says, I, I don't know very many dealers who could pull that off. And especially without a secondary inspection of the car. I mean, he got the number online. They showed up, went right to the kitchen table, and left with the car. You know what I suspect? I think, uh, like so many startups, uh, Carvana is trying to build their revenue and their sales. And the cool thing about these startups, uh, dot-com kind of startups, is the fact that they can lose money and it's okay because they start out with the private investors, private equity that gives them a huge amount of capital. And then they do the IPO. And when an IPO comes out now, a high-tech IPO like Carvana, the questions they ask isn't, are you making money? They say, "How, how hey, little? Are you? Yeah. We only lost a billion last year. Yeah. Wow!" But they can still. It's like Shark Tank. Yeah, and, and like then, we've had, then, then they raise six billion, and now they got. Now eventually they have to get profitable, but not for another five years. Yeah. Then so then take they advantage. Get real. Take advantage of Carvana, and I don't say don't get another bid on your car. But if you want to trade your car in or sell your car. Let Carvana come out to your house and give you a number. Meanwhile, you'll have already shopped it, and if it's a great number, grab it. Take advantage of them. That's right. 
Nancy's got a text, right? Uh, I do. Um, Rick, you do have some. Uh, we got uh, one quick one here. Okay, you can go ahead. Uh, this is from Mark in St. Louis. I got three Marks on YouTube today. That's pretty cool. Cool. Nice. Mark three. Uh, Stu, you probably would be the best one on this one. Uh, he's asking, good morning. Um, can I negotiate a remote start, remote starter uh, add-on as part of a new car deal since the manufacturer does not install this feature on this vehicle? Everything can be negotiated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you might, as a matter of fact, you might want to start with a cliche. Can you throw it in? Um, but make sure all the advice that we give on the show has to be followed. So you have to get different bids, different prices from different dealers, uh, because they might throw in, give you a free, give you a discount on a remote start package, uh, something they install at the dealership. Um, but you could be paying too much for the car anyway. You could be getting too little for your trade. They could be building in a lot of interest rate. So the same rules still apply. So um, yeah, you can try and get it thrown in. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd save it for last. Yeah. I'd, I'd do what you said. Exactly. Negotiate a really uh, slam ding slam damn doozy of a price yeah. the best price you've ever seen and when you're ready to buy throw in the uh, yeah. remote the only thing i need now is a free remote start free remote, yeah. now um this is not a toyota commercial because i'm thinking all manufacturers are getting into this um, a lot of the cars are now um, coming connected with uh, cellular technology built into the car it gives uh, telemetrics to the dealership and the, the manufacturer on the health of your car and what used to be a pretty, uh, not terribly expensive, but an add-on dealer-installed option, remote start, is now kind of part of the car with, a, with an app that you have on your smartphone. And I have it on my car. A lot of the cars have it. And you don't have to have it installed. It's just part of the car now. So that's coming for probably most manufacturers. Interesting. I still was that you just text me there. Oh, uh, Frank and Jupiter Farms uh, texted that to us. He says he saw this at a tire dealer yesterday, and it's a sign. I love Earl's it. holding it up right now. It says, warning, airbag recall. Um, and it's um, about Toyotas, and it's identifying affected Toyotas with the Takata airbag recall and a, 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 a number that you can call uh, to, um, I guess it's, oh, it's, it's going directly to the customer, the Toyota customer experience number. It's just uh, some information letting you know that you need to get your car checked and take care of those recalls if it's affected. Yeah, just in case you've been living under a rock, Florida has the highest number of Takata airbags on the road of any other state. And they have the highest rate of instances of exploding airbags, injuries, accidents. Uh, we're a high heat, a high humidity state, and we have a whole lot of cars and we have a lot of Dodge City when it comes to where these cars are sold. So uh, just a heads up to you out there, if you're buying a used car, just remember there's no law in federally or in the state of Florida that makes it required to disclose, just disclose the fact there's a dangerous recall or to cut an airbag on your car. And also, there's no law saying that it can't sell the car. So in Florida, and I guess almost all the other states, you can sell a dangerous product, and it's okay. Outrageous, stupid. So, what do you do about it? Safercar.gov is the only way you're going to find out. Buyer beware, protect yourself. Go to www.safercar.gov, put your VIN in, and find out if that car you're getting ready to sign on the dotted line and give them a check for, be sure it does not have a dangerous recall. Yeah, and that's that, right. Knowledge is power, folks. Uh, that shrapnel kills. And to drive a car off the lot with a Takata recall, 
I don't know why yeah. it's happening, but it continues to happen. Yeah, make sure you do multiple sources. We just, a couple of weeks ago, we did one, didn't even, yeah. didn't even show up on safercar.gov. It was on the Mercedes website, and um, it was on the Carfax report, but it wasn't on the recall because the manufacturer has to report that to the um, NHTSA, mm-hmm. and if they don't or if there is a delay, you might miss it. Right. We have to do our homework, folks. That's right. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Sylvia's back about her shopping for a used car, and she wants to know, Earl, why is it so difficult for me to get a final price on the phone from a salesperson or a manager? That's the car business, Sylvia. That's unfortunately the way business was done in the early 19th century, or I should say 20th century. And uh, it might have been 19th century, horse trading, you know. And when you get to 20th century, car dealers haggle and hassle. They do not want to give you your right to be able to shop and compare prices. If you get a firm price over the phone, you can take that firm price if it's legitimate. And that's another reason you don't get an honest price. But if you get an honest low price on the phone, what would you do? You do what you're supposed to do when you buy anything. Go to another source and shop and compare the price. That's your right in America to buy the product, the best product at the lowest price. Car dealers deprive you of that right. And that's the reason whether you go in, call on the phone, or oftentimes even online, cannot get the real price. They'll give you a price, but it won't be an out-the-door price. It'll be a price with dealer accessories added after you go in or hidden fees added after you sign on the dotted line. Yeah, and recently I invented a uh, tool, and you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can uh, obtain that affidavit, and that will ensure that you do get that final price, and uh, it will avoid any... uh, uh, a dealer uh, installed accessories, uh, dealer fees, and uh, it, it's really worth its weight in gold. Again, it's a tool for an honest price, and uh, finally, from a car dealer. And you can email that, have them sign it, have the manager sign it, have the salesperson sign it, and if they don't, leave. We are going to go to Paul, who's holding from Jupiter. Good morning, Paul. Hello. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Good morning, Paul. Good. I'm a regular listener. Um, A couple of things. Um, You guys were talking about oil changes this morning on a couple of occasions. How do you feel about going from a conventional oil and then possibly changing to a synthetic uh, blend or a fully synthetic and then maybe switching back to conventional? How do you feel about that? Rick? Um. It really can't hurt anything to do that. I know there there was this old saw a while back about uh, if you switch to synthetic and you switch back to conventional, it'll blow your engine up. And no, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, you, whatever oil you choose to use is up to you. However, even if you do switch to synthetic oil, I would still stick with the manufacturer's recommended interval. I know they're, they've got Mobile One says, oh, yeah, it's good for 10,000, 15,000. They've, you know, they got all these wild claims. Uh, those are the type of claims that, unfortunately, they may not stand behind it and repair your engine if you have a problem. Whereas Ford or Chevy, if you can show that you've done your oil changes as they recommend from the manufacturer, they will cover it under warranty. 
But switching to synthetic is not going to cause a problem, and switching back from synthetic to regular is not going to cause an issue. But stick with what is recommended for the weight for your car as well. If your car says it needs synthetic oil, stick with synthetic. Does that answer your question, Paul? Yeah, it sure does. You know, one, th- really one, one, thing, one thing I'll add that will make you maybe feel a little better about that. Synthetic oil is not really synthetic oil. Synthetic oil is actually fossil fuel oil. It's, uh, it's made from the same dinosaur remains that... Uh, uh, what they call regular oil. It's just refined to a different degree. So it's not like mixing oil and water. Uh, synthetic oil and fossil oil are really pretty much the same thing, except one is refined to a greater degree. Mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate the information. Um, would like to say hello to my grandson, Joseph, out there listening right now. He's only six years old. He's a future car guy. Hey, oh. Joseph. We are. Hey, Joseph. Good morning, Joseph, and I want him to be an avid listener as well. All right. Ask Joseph to call in sometime. He could could set a record as being our youngest caller, and if he would call the show, we'd we'd really love it. Maybe he'll... Maybe he'll call about recommended uh, PSIs for his bicycle tires. Perfect. Right now. Great. Yeah, Rank it on that. Make sure you learn about that. <laughs> Good morning, Joseph. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. A new listener. Fantastic. Yeah, that's right. The, new, the next generation of Erlang cars uh, yeah. there listeners. There you go. Rick, there you when go. would you recommend UB40 oil? UB40 that's a joke. oil. Uh, that's a nerd joke. That's, that's a, a band. It's a band. Um, right. We got a text that came in. It says, uh, what happened to Isuzu? Um, why did they fail in the U.S.? I used to see a lot of SUVs in the 90s, and that's from Jack in Temecula, California. And I think they stopped selling cars here about 10 years ago, right? Still got the trucks. I see them on the road yeah. occasionally. But Now, I sent you a picture because I th- could have sworn there was a local Isuzu dealer, so I Googled it, and I, I Googled Isuzu dealer near me, and that oh. was the image that came up if you <laughs> want to show the... I'm not kidding. This is the... Uh, <laughs> really? Put on camera, yeah. right? It's a... It's, it's a looks like a country road in a field. <laughs> so I guess to answer the question, I don't know if there's any active Isuzu dealers right now. Yeah. What I remember the most was, I think in the 80s, because um, I was a child of the 80s, was uh, Joe Isuzu, the commercials, yeah. the liar. And he's, uh, he, he was, it was great. Great commercial, yeah. That yeah, was someone who tapped into the, um, you know, the, um, you know, the reputation of car, de- of car dealers uh, back then, that they were you know, dishonest and all that. Probably helped further those stereotypes for a long time, but it was really funny. They probably conspired to get Isuzu out of town. Yeah, but he was on there for a while. I think they also they, uh, they revived the Joe Isuzu thing in the early 2000s. He had aged a lot. The same actor did those commercials, but that was before they uh, oh. kind of slowed down. They still sell, I think, trucks, I mean, cars, you know, in the European market, yeah. and I think in China, and also in Japan. It's a I tough, saw mar- tough market in the United States. It's just bloody competition, yeah. and it's good for the consumers. I mean, yeah. it would be good if you are, were careful. Yeah, I saw a ton in Japan. A lot of weird, weird cars. Uh, the Japanese are really I like the, the small cars, and they're all over the place there. Yeah. So okay. I'm all caught up on my end. How about you? Okay, guys. Um, I see by the clock uh, that we are no longer taking. Uh, calls. Audio and calls. it's time for everyone to vote on our mystery shopping report. It's a great mystery shopping report from Pompano Ford. So you want to stay tuned for that and you can vote on the mystery shopping report at 772-497-6530. And I see by Rick's voice, he has, uh, excuse me, his face. And uh, <laughs> you'll hear his voice in a minute. I can hear that voice right <laughs> through that face. My voice is visible. It's saying something to us. 
Well, we've got George is asking, he says, good morning. My daughter and I are going out today in search for her new car, a 2020. Is it true that we negotiate from the invoice price or do we start at the internet price? Uh, you really don't uh, pay any attention to the invoice. And uh, actually the MSRP uh, is a more reliable tool to start from because it, it remains constant among all dealers. Uh, what what car are they buying? Uh, they didn't say a, didn't say. Uh, make a model. Hey, George, sure. what, what make a model? Oh, well, I'll wait for him to reply. Yeah. But anyway, the, the important thing is, whatever make or model it is, to take an uh, MSRP that constitutes the car you want to buy in terms of equipment, accessories, uh, whatever, and negotiate a discount from that MSRP with at least three dealers, competing dealers. And, of course, you have to take into consideration your financing cost and your trade-in cost. But uh, the invoice is meaningless. The invoice contains a lot of profit to the dealer. And when a dealer tells you that he's going to sell you a car at invoice, he's implying he'll sell it to you at his cost. It is far from his cost. A lot of car dealers would uh, kill to be able to sell all their cars at invoice. I can only speak for Toyota, um, but I can tell you this. If you get to see the actual physical copy um, of the Toyota new vehicle invoice, and they can get it for you. It's right there on the computer. They don't have to go back to the office and pull it out of the file. Mm. It's on the computer. And you actually look at it. There's a paragraph. You'll see the actual the invoice price, the price of the options. It'll show you what the invoice price is, what the retail price is. And then there's a little paragraph at the bottom. And, and that's where it lists where, what Earl was referring to, the holdback. And it will show you. It'll say there, this vehicle has $574 in holdback, 250 in financial assistance, uh, this and that, a few things. You add that all up, that's the extra profit they're getting. Yeah. And if there's dealer cash, that actually essentially yeah. reduced the invoice. The invo invoice, uh, the thing, uh, my problem with calling it an invoice is it's not an invoice. Right. I mean, if you go to Webster and you look up invoice, that's the price that somebody pays for a product. It's, it's and the dealer doesn't document. pay that price. Right. Dealer does not pay the invoice price. Well, he sends he, he sends the money and he they sends get the money back. and they kick back. The invoice has kickbacks, thousands of dollars of kickbacks with dealer cash and holdbacks and advertising money and floor plan reimbursement, yeah. etc. If you try that with doing your taxes, yeah. You'd go to jail. You'd go, go to jail. <laughs> really? So I can sell you a card invoice and I make $4,000. That's what I call a deal. Uh, I would say with Toyotas, about half the cars are sold uh, below invoice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they have to be advertised um, no lower than invoice, yeah. um, but, they're, but the transaction That's prices, a Toyota rule, yeah. and Honda has yeah. the same rule, which is another show and something that irritates me. That's right. Where are we here? We're ready for the mystery okay, shopping Okay, uh, folks, let me remind you of uh, Earl's column, uh, which pairs very well with our mystery shopping report today. And uh, take a look at it. You can go to Earl on Cars, and uh, Stu mentioned it earlier, uh, but I'll reiterate Earl's Costco <coughs> Auto Buying Program tutorial. And, uh, boy, is it loaded with information. So you want to take a look at that. And real quick, before you get started, um, we did say last week that we would have a female mystery shopper this week. And... The, the groundwork was done. Um, I had a situation this week that took my attention away from it, so we sent in Agent Thunders be, just for efficiency. Without, I didn't have time to train the new shopper, uh, but next week, I promise, we will have a female mystery shopper. Wow. Great. Wonderful. Mystery shop of Pompano Ford, Costco style. 
This week, we're refocusing on the Costco Auto Program, one of the best ways to get a great low price on a new car. But as we've discussed over the years, car buyers must be wary of the many pitfalls that are associated with the Costco Program. We feel the program doesn't do enough to prevent dealers from freely using some of their most insidious tactics, charging surprise dealer fees at the last minute and adding dealer-installed equipment, or maybe the dealer equipment's already been installed, they just don't tell you about it. We've also discussed how many, if not most, Costco members sometimes do not follow the rules of the program. They expose themselves to the risk of being taken advantage of. This happens when the Costco member doesn't go through the official process of submitting their purchase inquiry on the Costco Auto Program website. Got to do that. Very, very important. Despite these problems, Costco members generally have a better time buying a car than most. They certainly get a good price. That's why I've confidently endorsed the Costco Auto Program over the years. However, it needs to get better. The Costco brand is so respected and admired that its name deserves a process that is representative of the member experience at the Costco warehouse. After this show, in a few minutes, after 10 o'clock, Nancy and I are going by the Costco warehouse in Palm Beach Gardens. And buying 30 chickens. And buying 30 chickens on North Lake Road. We're going by because <laughs> Earl's buying more cookies. Why do cookies? we like Why do we like Costco? <laughs> we like Costco because we trust Costco. Yeah. We walk into a Costco warehouse, and I know that any product I buy will have a maximum markup of 15%. I also know that Costco negotiates like Walmart and all the big big stores, and they buy products extraordinarily low, and they pass the savings along to you. Uh, we know that if we buy a product that we make a mistake on, we can bring it back for any reason. Yeah. Uh, we know that people treat you with respect and courtesy in Costco. and We love Costco. It has the strongest brand. And hot dogs. And hot dogs and chickens for four dollars and ninety nine cents. Free samples, roasted chicken. But we 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 jest here. But the fact of the matter is, exactly. the Costco auto buying program, the Costco auto buying program, is using the Costco name, and because the Costco name is so trusted, it is a disservice to Costco that yeah. they don't tighten up on the rules. Yeah, well, makes you us suggested mad. you suggested in the car on our way over here that I shouldn't start my rant. Yeah. And I won't. Yeah. But that brand is invincible in its transparency. And it just tells you, it's so telling. It's so honest. And you don't expect to be taken advantage I of. I want you to rant. I want to see the rant. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the report. <laughs> now, here's, uh, here's the change that Costco could make. And you'll be able to find that at www.aintgonnahappen.com because we've tried. (laughs) We've tried. We think that you should be able to email a Costco certified dealer or call a Costco certified dealer, get the Costco out-the-door price, including the dealer-installed accessories and all hidden fees. Get it on the phone or get it by email. If you're a Costco member... Now, that's what you can do with Costco. You can get that online price, and you don't have any hidden fees, and you don't have any Costco-installed accessories. So if Costco were to make that one change... Right, right there on the website. 
on their website. As soon as you submit, get the price. You get the price. www.aintgonnahappen.com. The dealers would flee from Costco in in the tens of thousands because they would attack the Costco Auto Bike Program. They would boycott the Auto Bike Program, and it would not happen. That's what they did to TrueCar. When TrueCar, the uh, car dealers almost put TrueCar out of business when they first started. Yeah. So what can we do? Well, we do what I did with a blog, uh, Earl's Costco Auto Buying Program tutorial. I'm holding it up to the camera. You can go to EarlOnCars.com. Go to EarlOnCars.com. It's my current blog, and it's a tutorial. And if you follow my tutorial at Costco, you will come out with one heck of a price, a lowest price you could possibly buy that car for. Just go to EarlOnCars.com and read my blog. It's called Earl's Costco Auto Buying Program Tutorial. You know, I will continue with nothing, Mr. Shopping Report. There's nothing more telling about uh, if you walk away and you don't get the good deal that you should get uh, to uh, register and uh, write a review of your visit to the dealership. Boy, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you'll get some attention. Back in June of 2018, we mystery shopped Pompano's Ford's Costco sales process. Agent Eck played it straight, followed the proper Costco auto program procedure. We are happy to see that Pompano Ford mostly followed the rules, too. Their biggest failure came when Agent X asked to see a copy of the vehicle invoice. Now, this is your right under the Costco program. The salesperson said he couldn't get the invoice because his manager was in a meeting. Right. <laughs> yeah. We passed them anyway, but with reservations. We said we'd be back, and here we are. This time, the mystery shopper was Agent Thunder. Bring the thunder. Speaking as if I were Agent Thunder, the first person, I began my mission at www.costcoauto.com. And you go there yourself, always use this website, costcoauto.com, where I selected a new 2019 Ford F-150 and entered a Pompano Beach zip code. I filled in my contact information and Costco member card number, then clicked Select Dealer. It's pretty easy. Yeah, very easy. Pompano Ford was revealed as a participating Costco dealer. And I'll repeat, as I said earlier in the show, if you don't see a dealer pop up, just move your zip code around. There will be a Costco certified dealer. You might have to drive a few miles. But just because one doesn't pop up in your zip code, move south, north, east, west, you know, until you find one. I checked my email and found an automated response from the Costco Auto Program. The email confirmed my request and showed me a list of eight. Wow. Eight authorized Costco representatives at Pompano Ford. We have 30. I'm just kidding. That, no, no, that's no. a joke. <laughs> I, I say, it I seems like a lot. Usually yeah. there's a handful, yeah. but it's, yeah. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with it as long as they actually did the training. No. The email indicated that I would be contacted by my authorized dealer contact, and I, I was expected to make an appointment with him or her. A moment later, I received a nice uh, email from John, my authorized dealer contact at Pompano Ford. It had a large Costco logo on top and a note from John that said he was informed I was interested in a new F-150. And he had attached several documents. This shocked me when I read this. Sue sent me the report. Attached documents, the window sticker, nice touch. Vehicle invoice, wow. And the Costco price sheets, woo. He asked that I review the documents and let him know if the vehicle and price presented would suit my needs. 
At this point, I, as I was reviewing the shop, and Stu put the shop together. I felt warm I said, and fuzzy. Well, yeah, yeah, I felt very warm and fuzzy. However, there were no documents attached. <laughs> right. We'll talk about it. we'll talk about this could later. Could be a mistake. Yeah. As I pondered this, my phone rang. It was John. Now, by the way, we re-emailed and asked to see the documents. Yeah. That was last night. So we're, I'll, I'll check and we'll report back yeah. next week. John introduced himself as the Costco rep from Pompano Ford. He wanted to set an appointment to see me. I didn't mention the missing attachments uh, to his email, and I agreed to meet him at 1 p.m. that day. I drove down to the dealership in Pompano, tried to park in the crowd a lot, couldn't find a parking place, had to park uh, on Side Street. Pompano Ford's doing a lot of business, apparently. Now, I looked at, I Google imaged them. Uh, it looked like a lot of inventory cars. Oh. <laughs> they might have been busy, I don't know. I, don't there know. Was, yeah. I went inside, saw a receptionist seated behind a big curved desk. She was talking on the phone. I waited for a few seconds, walked over to a row of workspaces on my right. I said hello to a man seated there, asked him if he knew where I could find John. The man asked what I needed. I told him I was a Costco member and that John was the Costco rep. He gave him my name. He said, oh, I can help you with that. I replied that I had an appointment with John at 1 p.m. The man asked (laughs) if I spoke to John directly. And I said that I had. Then he said, let's go get John now. Stu's chuckling and I'm chuckling because uh, what happens? Skate attempt. Exactly. A skating. And that's an internal term. Cardio, that means you seal another person's. Oh, we steal another. I I smell a shark in the water there. We we steal another person's uh, customer. And you try to steal Costco customers. And then you just give them the best price you can. And you get 25% of however much you can raise the price. And that's what car salesmen will do in Costco dealerships. So we went in being adamant about what we were going to do. Yeah. And what's funny is this, this salesperson who tried to skate uh, um, was familiar enough with the program knowing that this uh, Agent Thunder had seen John's name and he wanted to, did you actually speak with him? Because if he hadn't yeah. spoken with him, then he would have taken Never over. Yeah, yeah. He, Never knew John would have been out. That's exactly right. So you have to be aggressive. You have to be very firm. Stick to your guns and get that Costco certified salesperson's name. If they're not working that day, if they say they're on vacation, either ask for another name on the list or if there isn't another name say I'll come back when he's back from vacation don't speak to a non-Costco but there's eight because you can say listen I know you got eight of them let me talk to one of them yeah exactly exactly Uh, after insisting he uh, took me to an office where John was seated he had a broken leg didn't happen just then did it no I don't think so (laughs) little joke Uh, and apologized for not getting up he was nice John was. We chatted for a few minutes before John got to business. He thanked me for choosing Pompano Ford, asked me if I was familiar with how the Costco Auto Program worked. I said I knew a little bit about it and began to explain the program. There was no haggling, and they sold the car at invoice price, which is not what they do. Uh, As I say, you want to be careful buying a car at invoice price. Likely, you're paying way too much. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are special incentives. John then pulled up my information on his computer, said he already had the F-150 I'd selected ready to show. He said, unfortunately, I won't be able to help you today because I'm having a hard time walking. Uh, You'll be working with Nick. And by the way, Nick is one of the listed Costco guys. Yes, Nick was already at the door. He said, this is uh, John, here's Nick. I got up, walked over to Nick, shook his hand, 
Nick seemed a little stressed and preoccupied. Interesting. He held his fingers up, said he'd be right back, then left. John said he may have someone in finance. Yeah. Nick came back with a woman. He introduced her as Christina. Now, this really sounds silly, right? It's goofy. We're going from this person to this person to this person. Let me explain. Happens all the time. Yeah, happens all the time. Car salespeople are paid 25% of the profit. A real Costco price has virtually no profit. Uh, certainly for the salesperson, there's no commission. On a Costco deal, you're probably not going to make a commission. If you're a certified Costco salesperson, there will be a commission, but it would be a mon yeah. it would be a very small commission. Nothing to get excited about. Nothing to get excited about. So this explains Nick's frustration and stress and why the Costco I, I interpreted it that he might have when he said he had somebody in finance, he might have been juggling too many customers and, and, and John said, Hey, you gotta help this person and he's like, What are you talking about? These yeah. guys will be out in ten minutes. But so. nobody other than a certified Costco um, salesman wants to sell a car at Costco if it's going to be a legitimate price yeah. from Costco. If they can bump the price because they get 25% of whatever they can raise the price yeah. for. Nick came back with a woman, Christina. She said, he said he'd be helping me. John interrupted. Christina wasn't an authorized Costco rep. Good sign. So we're seeing a lot of flip-flops here, and uh, Stu and I are both scratching our heads on this. Uh, we think that up the line, maybe the dealer himself or the general manager, someone there wants the Costco program to work. But unless you inspect what you expect, yeah. unless you, I've just got a red phone call, uh, then you have to uh, be very leery of the fact that you're going to uh, be taken advantage of in a Costco. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a problem here. Hey, Stu, oh, you have to come back in. <laughs> <I've got laughs> anyway, I'm going to continue with this. I'll explain this if I have time after I've finished the job report. At any rate, uh, um, Christina was taking over for this shop. Uh, Nick responded by telling John that it was okay. Uh, Christina would show me the truck and do the test drive, but they would take care of the paperwork. John said, fine. Uh, Christina was nice, efficient. She asked for my driver's license, explained she needed to make a copy of it. She offered me a seat and said she would pull the truck around. She returned about 10 minutes and walked me to the truck. It was a big, beautiful gray pickup, uh, $62,490 MSRP. She said she had filled up the tank with gas, washed it, and had the AC cranking. There was a bottle of water and a couple of a real nice touch. Christina made a pleasant conversation on the test drive and talked about all the truck's features. We returned to the lot and went inside. Christina led me to her workstation and offered me a cup of coffee. Very nice touch. Water, coffee, filled the tank up with gas. Everything good is happening. I accepted. We sat down. She asked me if I liked the truck enough to take it home. I said I loved it. I was looking forward to seeing my price. Now remember... This is a Costco auto buying program. And we ended up with Christina, who was not a member of the Costco auto buying program. Uh, she asked me how I planned to pay for it. I said I wanted to finance it. I had $15,000 to put down, but wanted to see the cash price first. She said she'd get that for me. I stopped her and said I understood that John and or Nick would be taking care of the paperwork. That's what they told me earlier. Christina replied, she was getting the price from John. Now, this is getting to be flim-flammy, you know. 
uh, this whole shopping report uh, was very interesting to me and I, I hope to you. She returned with a copy of the Monroney label and a sales worksheet. MSRP, 62490 Discounts and incentives, $5,718. Rebates, $3,500. See how complicated these things get. Selling price, $53,722. I'm sorry, $53,272. Sales tax, $3,513. And this is in bold type, uh, crazy. Tag fees, ready for this? $1,381. Ain't gonna happen.com. No huh? way you're gonna pay $1,381 for tag fees. Now, this whole Costco concept is crashing and burning. We had such high hopes, and now uh, we're in the weeds. In fine print below the figures, tag fees was defined as $425 estimated tag fee. dealer fee, confession in fine print. Then they have a little tire fee for a buck and a half, battery fee for two bucks, and then the $149, $149 electronic filing fee. Uh, Rick? Uh, Maybe I'm just being real picky about this one, but $2 lemon law fee? Is there an actual lemon yeah. law fee in Florida? There, there is, yes. Oh, okay. Right. I pretended to be enthusiastic about the price, and Christina asked if I want to move forward. I said I did, but I need my wife to come in and sign. I say we could both return Saturday morning. Christina replied with, let me go get my manager. She left and returned right away with William. He introduced himself, shook my hand, then he complimented the great deal I was able to get. Man, you got hooked up today, didn't you? He asked if I wanted to sign my portion and have my wife sign it when it was convenient. I said we needed to stick with the plan. I thanked him for the great service and said I'd see him Saturday. Now, we're running a little short on time here. Let me sum this up. We started out on a right track. Uh, I think that the original Costco person had good intentions. I think it got away from him and it got into the hands of a sales manager and a man and a salesman that both were trying to take advantage of me as the mystery shopper. Uh, the price that we ended up being quoted, we checked, and it was a uh, not a really really good price. It was the price that they have online, posted online. Costco auto buying program rule is the price must be lower than you will sell that vehicle to to any other customer. So it could not have been a legitimate Costco price. And they added back in the fees and the dealer install options. And it was a flim flam, a manipulation, a scam, an abortion of the Costco auto buying program and shame on Pompano. And I I just gotta say quickly, I apologize. Stu ran out because I got a red phone call and I, I stream my phone calls and my hearing aids. <laughs> I figured that out And quickly. he was talking out there, and that's what. <laughs> so uh, my apologies for my panic during this mystery shopping report. But we do need to vote on Pompano Ford on the Costco auto buying program. Oh, you already finished? I, I missed the whole thing? You, you missed the whole thing. <laughs> well, I know how it ends. <laughs> uh, the butler did it. Still, <laughs> still your vote because you're most familiar with it. Uh, okay, well, um, they get an F, and um, 
they get an F for just kind of, well, they started off great and then it all disintegrated from there. Uh, the fees were ridiculous. I've never seen that before on a buyer's order or a worksheet where they, number one, mislabel all the dealer fees as tag fees, which is unconscionable. And then down in the fine print, it breaks it down to a bunch of dealer fees yeah. and stuff you shouldn't be paying. Uh, nothing was followed. No per member only price sheet. Now we did email. I don't know if you mentioned this. We did email them to ask them to send the missing attachments, yeah. and maybe it's there. So anyway, I give them an F. They're coming on Facebook right now. Linda gives them a big fat F off the wall F. Um, and Steve Ward is being very very charitable. Gives them a D. And uh, those those are the ones that came in so far. Oh, so. they got about a minute and a half, Rick. Mark Smith F. Ernesto F. Abel F. Myself, F. Me, F, Nancy. Okay, so many rules broken, uh, disappointing on so many levels. Remember, folks, this is a Costco brand. I give it an F. I'm sending this report to Costco Auto Buying Program yeah. and to Costco itself. They need to clean up their act. Yeah. Rich gives them a D minus, so there you go. Yeah, there we go. They're off the list. So go to Earl on Cars, look at Earl's Costco Auto Buying Program tutorial. We still recommend Costco to buy a car, but be sure to use the Earl's Costco Auto Buying Program tutorial at EarlOnCars.com. I'm holding it up right there. Okay, folks, uh, we've got one minute left. I want to take the moment to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We so enjoy your company, and to thank uh, everyone involved here. Stu, Rick, Jonathan, for all of their help in putting the show together and this mystery shopping report that uh, Stu certainly shines on. And uh, thanks to Agent Thunder. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. We'll be right back here next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. See you next week. That was, that was hysterical. I, I didn't hear him like... <laughs>